Welcome to St. Martin Fields and welcome to Great Sacred Music and congratulations to those who made it despite the tube strike. Uh, full marks for indomitability. Uh, I suspect we have more with us than usual online, so a special welcome to you too. Remembrance Day is a memorial day observed in Commonwealth member states since the end of the First World War to honour the Armed Force Forces members who have died in the line of duty. Following a tradition inaugurated by King George V in 1919, Remembrance Day is observed on 11th of November to recall the end of First World War hostilities. Hostilities formally ended at the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month of 1918 in accordance with the armistice signed by representatives of Germany and the Entente between 5.12 and 5.20 that morning. First World War officially ended with the signing of the Treaty of Versailles on the 28th of June 1919. Now it's our tradition, a great sacred music to begin with uh, singing a hymn together. So we're going to do that now. If you'd like to find on the inside of your sheets, O oh God, our help in ages past. This is a setting of Psalm 90, originally part of Isaac Watts's collection, The Psalms of David Imitated in the language of the New Testament, published in 1719, in which he paraphrased in Christian verse the entire Psalter, with the exception of 12 Psalms, which he felt were unsuited for Christian usage. So don't you go using them without permission from him. Uh, the hymn tune you might notice, St. Anne. That is the St. Anne you're thinking of, St. Anne Soho, composed by William Croft in 1708, while he was the organist of St. Anne Soho before the Luftwaffe did their damage to it. We remain seated. The voices stand and lead us as we sing, O oh God, our help in ages past.
going to hear two pieces by women composers associated with the First World War. Uh, the first uh, is the last words of Edith Cavill, who, whose statue is just 50 yards to the north of this building. She was a British nurse from Norfolk, celebrated for saving the lives of soldiers from both sides without distinction and in helping 200 Allied soldiers escape from German-occupied Belgium during the First World War, for which she was court-martialed, found guilty of treason, and sentenced to death. At the age of 42, she became matron of a major nursing school in Brussels and was one of the most influential nurses in Belgium at the outbreak of war. She was with her mother in Norfolk, but she courageously returned to Brussels and worked with the Red Cross from November 1914 she started sheltering British and French soldiers who sought to return home and Belgians who sought to escape the German occupation. Uh, one interesting uh, fact about Edith Cavill that you may not know was that two months after uh, her death, which was uh, uh, turned into a great propaganda exercise by the British war campaign, uh, a baby to the Piaf family was born and named after her. So Edith Piaf got her name from Edith Cavill. So the second piece we're going to hear is by Sasha Johnston Manning and is a setting of Rupert Brooke's famous poem, If I Should Die, Think Only This of Me. Rupert Brooke is a complex character. He was educated at Rugby School and King's College, Cambridge, but he was a socialist. Uh, he was a traveller who, uh, in his short life, visited Honolulu, Samoa, Fiji, New Zealand and Tahiti, but was mentally uh, quite fragile. He uh, was a sailor in the Navy, hence the phrase, a corn, some corner of a foreign field. Uh, this idea that he has in this poem of, of the eternal ownership of England of a small portion of land upon which he died. He was a mixture of ecstatic enthusiasm and suicidal doubt. He, the, the poem, I guess, I remember my mother telling me that when she was at school during the Second World War, this was a poem she was, she was told to learn by heart. So it, uh, it, uh, it uh, affirmed the glory of war. But in fact, Rupert Brooke didn't die in battle. He died of acute blood poisoning following a mosquito bite on board ship on his way to Gallipoli. He was buried on the Greek island of Skyros. So a very complex backstory behind a very celebrated poem.
well, the wistfulness with which uh, Sasha Johnson Manning's piece that we've just heard ends uh, is picked up by our next piece where, uh, from a poem written by <clears throat> Siegfried Sassoon, one of the First World War poets who survived the war. And he wrote this poem everyone sang uh, directly after the signing of the Armistice Treaty uh, on the 11th of November uh, 1918 that ended World War I. What was the mood at the end of World War I? Was it a mood of victory or was it a mood of relief? That's the question you're asking yourself as you're listening to this piece. Uh, it ends with the apparently uh, celebratory words, the singing will never be done. But for me, this is, this is more about relief than it is about victory. But judge for yourselves as you hear it uh, about the ambivalent feelings at the end of the First World War. I think the wistful has it. Now it's time for you to sing uh, again, and it's not what you think. It's, it looks like we're going to be singing I Vow to Thee My Country, which was written by the British ambassador to Washington, D.C. during the First World War. But this is actually an adaptation of that hymn uh, by Jim Cotter, who was an early leader of the lesbian and gay Christian movement gifted linguist whose adaptations of Compline and translations of the Psalms continue to inspire his 
many admirers. His memorial service took place here in St. Martin's eight years ago in 2014. In this adaptation of I Vow to Thee My Country, Cotter echoes E.M. Forster's words that if he had to choose between his friends and his country, he hoped he would choose his friends. The hymn retains the power of Cecil Spring Rice's original, but with words closer to the language of God's kingdom. We remain seated and the voices will stand and lead us as we sing, I vow to you, my friends of earth. towards the end of Great Sacred Music for this Thursday. If you've enjoyed yourself, I hope you have. There's an opportunity to make a donation as you leave in cash or with a card and online with text uh, or a visit to the website. Uh, next, uh, on, on Sunday, we are continuing the theme of remembrance uh, at Choral Classics at 3.15 for the Fallen. And then next Thursday, we're marking St. Cecilia and since she is the patron saint of music and musicians, there is a disproportionate amount of music dedicated to
to St Cecilia and we're going to enjoy almost all of it. We're going to finish now with another piece that came out of the First World War. There was a music in wartime committee which uh, produced a lot of things that have gone on to have a long life beyond the First World War. Most obviously uh, Jerusalem, the hymn that came out of that movement to inspire musicians and composers uh, to put together some kind of assistance to the war spirit. Uh, Hubert Parry composed My Soul, There is a Country between 1916 and 1918 while he was director of the Royal College of Music and president of that Music in Wartime Committee. Uh, and among other things, they gave uh, concerts in hospitals and camps. But this piece was written towards the end of Parry's life, and as you hear it, the same wistful sense of his own death, as well as the death surrounding war, uh, right, runs all the way through the piece. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> 